Hello to all and welcome back to Ask the Teacher ABC podcast. I did it right. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. How are you doing, Annalie? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm actually really exhausted. <laughs> we just we took it, we were traveling for like 24 hours coming back from Panama. Um, so that was a lot, but I'm back and I'm here and I'm ready to go. Yes, I know traveling is a lot. Even though you're sitting there, it's like a lot of wear on your body and your mind and your soul, right? Yeah. So what did you do to like kind of pass the time? Well, I tried to sleep (laughs) (laughs) and I also read and I actually watched movies because I don't really watch a lot of movies. So I'm going to be really honest. I watched Dungeons and Dragons with my husband. We both turned it on our on our screens and watched it <laughs> okay. together. And it was actually really hilarious. So, <laughs> so you didn't I think know. I was going to like it, but I really liked it. There you go. Well, we pretty much were successful holding down the farm, the fort, and the family. Mm-hmm. So with that said, all the children were alive and well. Um, including Asher. I'm going to put Asher in on that was his dog. And those were my three main priorities. So we did have a coyote get a chicken and some newborn rabbits didn't end up so well. But anyway, they healed and everybody's fine. And, you know, there's just a lot that goes on on the farm. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Baby rabbits tend to be the most fragile animals, but everybody's doing well now. And that's the important thing. We have pumpkins growing in the garden. Yes, we have. Okay. All righty. So here we go. We want to stick to something a little bit more academic this time. Um, Really, this is, you know, routines and procedures. They can basically work for anyone. But I want to go ahead and read a question. It was from Daisy. Daisy said, I'm a new teacher. I've been screaming and shouting a lot and thinking we all hate that. I have 40 kids in the class. I'm battling with classroom management, any discipline or tip ideas. So, yes, we have lots of tips, tricks and ideas. for yes, and, and Dave's actually writing in all the way from uh, from Johannesburg, South Africa. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, first of all, Daisy, you have 40 students in a, in a class. God is watching over you because that is a lot of work. So first, recognize and allow yourself that grace. This is a lot of work. 40 students is no joke. You have had 40 students in a class, Mom, I know. I've The most I've had is 38, and I did have 38 eighth graders in a class, and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So first, you should definitely give yourself some grace, um, especially with the yelling thing. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely just wanted to kind of start there. Yeah, it's like, where's what is your current reality? Right, right. And so, you know, even visible learning, we've talked about that before. Visible learning does actually, the research actually shows that classroom sizes don't um, indicate if a student's going to learn. Right. So when you see that other side of the coin, take a breath, right? Right. You can still execute learning, teaching, and like using like, and and the classroom will will work like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And so, um specifically on uh, this is 100% for you, Daisy, So, and other people that are in the same situation. Um, having large class sizes can be challenging. The biggest thing that you need to put into place is procedures. And a lot of people think that once they've started the year that they can't backtrack and they can't go back 
and do other things. Right. But the thing is, is if you you set those procedures into place and you teach them for a month and no less, no less. So um, we would I would definitely recommend um, starting with uh, attention getters. And the thing is, is that a lot of people want to teach children the procedure for one day. Well, we as adults, we don't learn procedures in one day. We can't expect kids to learn procedures in one day. And you're going to get sick of teaching it, but the kids are going to be even sicker of learning it and they're going to get it way faster. Right, right, right. Um, uh, You cycle in these procedures so that they're always doing it and they're always being tested on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to read when I raise my hand. You raise your hand, your mouth closes. And that's what I would actually say to my students. So this means that I need your attention. I'm going to raise my hand. Okay, now I want you guys to practice raising your hand. Okay, can everyone raise their hand? Okay, raise your hand now. And when you're talking like that to your students, you're instilling within them a specific procedure. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing that you want to be doing is yelling. Right. Because it it tires you out. And you as the teacher should not be tired at the mm-hmm. end of the day. No. The students should be tired at the end of the day. Right. So um, the first thing that I would go ahead and do is uh, the next day that you go into school, pretend like it's the first day of school right. all over again. Right. Hard reset. Hard reset Mm -hmm. and go ahead and start from the very beginning. Okay, a class, we're actually, we're going to have a, we're going to start over and it's okay to go ahead and tell them that we're going to start over and we're going to learn some procedures so that our learning year goes well. Right. So that by the end of the day, we're both leaving happy. Exactly. So, but in reality, they're, they're leaving exhausted and you're leaving happy. Well, right. And you start them at the door. So if you have to get the whole class up, let's line up, let's go out. We would practice. I practiced, and you could ask any one of my junior high students. We practiced walking in and out of the classroom for a whole hour, mm-hmm. sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay, when I, I'm going to welcome you into the classroom. You're going to go ahead and take your seat quietly. I want you to show me what that looks like. Have a student show what that, or you show what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm coming it. into the classroom. I'm quiet. I'm walking. I, I'm walking to my seat and I'm sitting down and just show them what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, now we're all going to practice that. Right. And you make them practice that until they want to fall out of their chairs. Right. And then the next day when they come into the classroom, or the next period that you have when they come into the classroom, if they don't do it right, you make them do right. it again. Right. And you make them do it again. Right. And you make them do it again. Mm-hmm. And you make them do it again. And I know that this sounds really harsh and redundant. But the fact is, is that if you want to be happy as a teacher, you have the kids have to know that you're going to make them walk in that classroom again. I remember... My kids came in the classroom and it was December and they had been doing a great job for, but for some reason that day, I mean, it was not that long till break. I made them get up. I was like, nope, that's not how you come into this classroom. We all know how you come into the classroom. Please leave and do it again. Right. And, you and I'm bend from that and you cannot bend. And right. so, um, Daisy, when you go back to, to class, you do a reset do all of these things, whatever procedure, however you want your students to act in class, that's what you make them practice. And you show them exactly what you want them to do. Right. If you want your attention to get her to be clapped twice, you have them practice 
you clapping twice and them being quiet or whatever it may be. Right. I Hold suggest hand. I suggest the raising hand. Right. Thing. Just stand there and raise your hand and, to show them what that means. And I will wait. And I right. tell them, I'm going to wait till I have everyone's attention. And I will look at you and you might feel embarrassed from me looking at you, but I'm going to stare at you if you're not raising your mm -hmm. hand. And you're going to know that the reason why I'm staring at you is because you're supposed to be following the procedure. Right. And, and, and take and tell the students, be aware of the cues the other students are setting. I know. And I'm like, and if I'm staring at you, everyone in the class is going to be staring <laughs> at you. Right. Right. So be ready. And then I'll test them. I'll just be like, okay, so now we're going to, you know, I want everybody to talk. Right. You know, right. turn to your right. partner turn and tell them something right. great about your, your day. Right. You know? And then I, and then I, all of a sudden they're talking and I give them like a minute to be unsuspecting. And I, then I raise my hand. Mm -hmm. and practice that keep practicing that keep them on their toes with how much you are practicing now i know that you may get tired of practicing it but it is so important oh so important and i promise you i don't have any problems with classroom management mm -mm, me, neither because of my consistency because i teach these procedures because the kids know oh in this teacher's classroom i actually have to follow the procedure i have to follow the rules and this is how things are done right right and that is how you are able if you can get to a point where kids know exactly what to expect they know exactly how to act because you've shown them right you've shown them exactly what to do you've shown them exactly how to act they they'll they will come in more comfortable to class knowing that this is what the expectation is every single day this is what Miss um, Daisy expects this is what she expects of us. This is what we're gonna do. Practice, 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 and keep doing this for like a month, and totally. do not let up. Right, and then you can add more things. Right, so like yeah. as soon as the greet your students at the door, greet them at the door every day. You'll know how they are, how they emotionally are feeling, right? By the way they greet you back, and you might have to teach them when I say good morning. You say good morning, and that shows that you respect and love yourself. And having that self-respect or self, you know, one of those rules to respect yourself falls under that category, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, I met, not only did I meet my students at the door, but I shook hands with each of my students. And I told them, we are not in a hurry. I am going to greet you and say hello to you. I expect you to say hello to me. We are going to greet each other as student and teacher every morning, and I'm going to shake your hand. And that builds self-respect, mm -hmm. right? Because the kids feel like you're worthy. They're worthy to shake your hand and, and reach out to you. Yeah. And, and, you know, we need to teach students to have some, have confidence in themselves. Right. And being able to, and I even taught them how to shake exactly. hands. Exactly. Don't give me, a, you look at me, you look, right. you look at me in my eyes. I look at you in your eyes and we shake hands. And you grab Good my morning. hand. Take my hand. Yes. And you, you, you give it a little bit of a firm hold right yeah you have a firm hold when you make do a handshake right. and i taught my students how to shake hands even the girls so to speak right oh everyone everyone, everyone that came in that door those are really important things because that also shows a mutual respect mm -hmm. um that you have for them right because by treating them like a quote-unquote adult like a person like a person right like they are an individual right and i can guarantee you most people do not treat no. children that way especially that and, age and this is going to be one of those first um interactions that they're having 
I even t- shook hands with my first graders. Yes, yeah, see. And that I am meeting you as uh, you are a student here. You would deserve respect just like I deserve respect. Exactly. And you will find that there is a, a big change. Oh, and they students. start holding their heads high. Yeah. And, and even refer to them like, good morning, listeners. And then they'll tend to listen. You know, good morning, scholars. They said, you know, tell them what a scholar is, you know, call them listeners, call them good choice makers. You know, those little things can add up. So the question is, once you greet them at the door, what are the other kids doing? Right. So that's where you have that other procedure like bell work in place or that shock and awe. I learned that when I was teaching eighth grade science. If I was teaching the food chain, I'm going to have a picture up of maybe a lion getting ready to eat an antelope but a still photo of it to make the kids, whoa, but at least have that bell work ready. It could be something simple, right? Mm -hmm. What, what do you, what do you? Oh yeah. I mean, I always had, um, I always had something for students to do when they came in the door, you know, on the very first day I introduced what bell work was, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone came in and they were, um, they were quietly talking, you know, while I greeted every individual you know, and then I'm like, well, this is what's going to normally happen. You know, or I would say when I greeted them at the door, you have an assignment waiting for you on the board. Oh, love it. Um, or, you know, good morning, so-and-so. Right. Uh, you'll find you can read the board to find out what to do. Exactly. Good morning, so-and-so. And it can be a math problem. It can be something It easy. can be a word problem. It can be, uh, you know, write three sentences about um, what you did yesterday. Exactly. Um, what, and whatever that may be, it gives the students who are in the classroom something to do, something to work on. And while you're greeting everyone, right. Cause if you, if that's 40 people is a lot of people to right, greet. Right, right, right. Um, but if you have that in place and then you could even have some other students be your watchers, like you're a watcher. And that means that you can help control these people. Or you be the reminder person, right? You can actually create jobs in the classroom. Oh, yeah. So that even the, remember I had the cops, quote unquote. And if a kid made a bad choice, then they'd have to go see the student cops. But of course, they have to earn it and show that that they have the character. Right. And, and one through. thing that I did was for bell work. I chose a student every week that would check people's bell work. Oh, perfect. And they got credit for the bell work because they were checking everyone exactly. else. Thank you. And so they were going around giving check marks and they were, I had them have a clipboard with a list of everyone's names and they had to, people would raise their hand and the person would come and check to make sure that they did their bell work. And those were the parameters, you know, and that also fosters, um, Good relationships within the classroom, mm-hmm. because the thing is, is if they if students are held accountable by not only their teacher, but also their peers, you will find that people start working harder. Yes. And also people are le- uh, students are less prone to feeling um, like there's a favorite. Right. Like there's a favorite or they're less prone to feeling embarrassed mm. in class. Right. Because they're used to their peers holding that, that holding them accountable. Right. And um, that's important to, yeah. uh, to, to address that. So if we call on so-and-so and so-and-so makes a mistake, we already have that culture set up that we're going to talk about Johnny's mistake and we're going to put Johnny's paper on the, on the camera, on the projector. We're going to let, make sure everyone knows it's Johnny that made this mistake. Thank you, Johnny, because A, this classroom is a safe place to make a mistake. Having those conversations with kids 
too, like reminding them you're going to take risks today and you might be right and you might have a wrong answer. And if you do, that's okay. And if you have a wrong answer, you make a mistake. That gives us all a chance to learn, right? Yeah. And, you know, some other things that I wanted to include, you know, so we have procedures and we have all of these things. But once we know all the procedures, how do we encourage students to continue to make um, good choices in class? And one of the biggest things um, I'm going to talk about uh, a technology choice. And then I want to talk about a choice that it does not involve technology. So my technology choice, of course, is going to be Class Dojo. Right. It's going to be Class Craft. If you have computers, we all know everyone likes to play games. Um, class Craft, Class Dojo allows students to take responsibility. Um, you can give out points as a teacher with a, with a phone or, with, or, or on a computer. Mm -hmm. I used to just have it projected. And I'd be like, oh, so-and-so, I like the way that you're doing this. There you go. Catch and that's good. Yeah, that's also how I would choose who was going to answer a question. Hmm. So that I, I, so I'm, and I told the kids, I'm like, look, this is a randomizer. It's literally going to randomly pick one of you. Everyone needs to have an answer. Mm -hmm. There is no, I'm not, I'm not, this is not me. I am not picking you. Right. And I think that that's a really good um, tool within Class Dojo. Yes. Um, and then also, and it's in Class Craft too. Class Craft is for a little bit older of kids. Class Craft does cost money. So, um, you know, just do whatever feels right for you. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you could do, and, you know, a lot of classrooms do this, is, you know, splitting kids up into groups. Yes, exactly. Um, After the fact. After the procedures are in place. Right. After the procedures are in place. Right. Um, you split the students up into teams. Right. And each team has like a jar and they can earn marbles. Mm -hmm. And when you, but you can also take marbles away. Right. And at the end of however long you want to make it, two months, three months, however, whoever has the most marbles gets ice cream. Right. Or gets, you know, some type of prize. I don't know. The kids end up usually bringing in the treat. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they get to have an ice cream party <laughs> during lunch. You know, yeah. bring in the ice cream. I'll bring the ice cream. You bring right. the hot fudge. Exactly. You bring the whipped cream. Right. And we'll, so the we'll have an ice cream party at lunch. So um, that's another thing to once you have these procedures in place to keep things going in the right direction. Uh, because, you know, certain times of the year is, are going to be a little bit harder than others, um, just based off of what's happening culturally in right. society. Exactly. Um, you know, we all know that, like, I think teacher, a lot of teachers dread Halloween here in the United States because we know that the kids are going to come in hyped up on candy. Mm -hmm. You know, so you make adjustments, of course, based upon what's culturally happening um, in your part of the world. Or based off of religion, whatever is happening. Right. And you address you know? it, right? You address it with the kids. I know that what's on your mind. I usually ask kids, what's on your mind? And they're like Halloween or whatever. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. now that we've gotten that out, you know, I understand whatever. Know your audience, basically, right? Yes. And 100%. I, and, you know, another thing that you reminded me of is something that is not technology is like picking popsicle sticks. Everyone has a number, right? Yeah. You can pick out a popsicle stick. A lot of us know about that. But I think that I think it's key to maybe even start the beginning of the year in rows. And one row can be a whole team, right? Or oh, row yeah. two can be a team. But start all the kids facing forward, right? 
Oh, yes. Sit kids strategically to where you they need to be in the classroom. And even if you don't have a lot of room in the classroom, I remember I had 42, 43 students in a small room, mm-hmm. crammed up third graders. But we worked as a team and we addressed, you might not like this person and I'm okay with that, but you have to be respectful of yourself. How does that look? How does that sound? You're going to treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Right. Can you, <clears throat> excuse me, can you talk a little bit about those three rules that you had again? What were your three rules? And you said you had consequences too posted. Can you talk a little bit? Oh, about that? so yeah, I think one of the most important things, and you know, I'm I can't take credit for this. This all comes from uh is he doctor? Doctor Harry Wong? Oh, I think I believe so. Um, so Harry Wong has written this book, um, about, it's called Classroom Management. Mm-hmm. That is literally the book that I live by. It is if you have not read it and you were a teacher, you need to read it. Um It is there. He also wrote a second book called The Classroom Management Book. Mm -hmm. Um, That book is geared more towards junior high and high school. Mm -hmm. Um, But the uh, classroom management, his first book, I feel like is a book that every single person can um, can benefit from. Yes. And so um, the point and my point is, though, is having your rules posted and having them be simple. You should not have 10 rules. Mm-hmm. You should have five or less. Yes. I had three. Mm-hmm. You know, I it was. I think it was um, do not interfere with the learning of others mm-hmm. and respect yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I only had two. Yeah. And that falls, <laughs> yeah. Under, everything falls under. So I was like, respect yourself and do not interfere with the learning of others. Those were my two rules. And then I also had my consequences because I wanted the, the students to know these are the consequences and I go over them with everyone. This is what will happen. First, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to make eye contact with you. I'm not going to call you out, but you're going to know that I'm looking at you and you're going to know that that means this is your first warning because I'm going to give you the teacher look. Mm, and that if, if I pin you with my eyes, that means this is your warning. <laughs> I have also used a tap, a double tap on yes, the desk. If I come back, if I come by and I double tap you your desk, that's a warning. Yes. That means get back on track. And that way you don't have to call anyone out. Right. And you can They're still first, teach. Yeah. Yes. And you can still be teaching because I walk around. I like to walk around yeah. my classroom. Yeah. It's another thing. Another thing is that when, you know, the second thing, the second thing was now I'm going to come and we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. and i'm gonna say or i'm just gonna come by your, your oh. desk and be like this this is your second warning and i'm gonna come by and i'm gonna tell you that verbally mm-hmm. so you're gonna get a verbal warning from me the second time okay. the third time i'm going to pull you for a moment now if i ever had to pull a student for a moment and talk with them outside i had a procedure in place mm-hmm. if i have to and then i would tell them if i pull someone outside you either continue to do what you are doing, and if you finish, take out a book and read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those right. are your two options. Right, right, exactly. So finish doing what you're doing or take out a book and read. Right. So those were what I had in place, and those were my three, this is what's going to happen. If after I talk to you and you come back and you still decide that you're going to do what you're going to do, you know, then you're going to get a detention. Mm-hmm. The next thing that's going to happen is if you still are doing what you're going to be doing, then you're going to get the final 
step, which is a referral. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is going through those steps. Do not skip a step. And I would tell them, these are posted not only for you, but for me to keep me on track with exactly what I'm going to do. Right. And so that there are no surprises. I'm getting a referral. Yeah. Well, you we went through all the steps, buddy. Right. This right. is the next step. Right. And it's your choice. This Put is that what on you've them. chosen right. to do. Exactly. So I had it posted right there. It's not like you couldn't see it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the referral also included a call to their parents. Right. Which I mean, honestly, no kid wants to have to call their parents. Right. So. I really think that having everything clearly posted, not only for your students, but for yourself and keeping yourself on track, holding yourself accountable as a teacher to doing what you say you are going to do. And that is also a big thing. If you follow through on what you say you're going to do, students will have more respect for you and you'll have less problems. Yes. And never favorite a student openly, right? Try to have that. I know it's different kids need different things and address that this person might need me a little bit more as far as equity but try not to pick out your favorites right and have even the ones that cause the most trouble put them in a position where they can kind of help you like hey buddy i need your help today i want you to help manage these so and so i can tell that you know the rules can you or whatever and have them repeat what the rules are what the the procedures are and say, you know, you're really good at that. Can you make sure everyone follows that in this area here? Right. So make the students be a part of that community that help each other. And even though you might, I always go back to this with my students. I would say, you know what, guys, I would, I would rather you not have friends, but, and we need to work together. Kind of like family. Sometimes family members don't like each other, but you still work together. Yeah. So put that aside and have the kids transparently work together and you will see them actually become a family. You will see your class will work like a well-oiled machine. Just like you said, you you played, um, you had morning work and the kiddos knew about student, student news. I don't know if you can get CNN student news, but even the student news at middle school, oh, they loved it. I don't know why. But it made them feel like their world was bigger than just their neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a real world out there that they could affect and that affects them. Yeah. But I, And I saw how the student went around and checked everyone and everyone did what they were supposed to do. And you can make it so easy by just using sticky notes, right? I had a big poster, what I know, what I wonder, watch the news, put your sticky note up there. This is how it looks. This is how it sounds. This is how it feels. And then move forward, right? Yeah. But like you said, you, you you have to be consistent and build that relationship with the parents before you need it. Like call on one person, call one person at home and say, your kiddo did this. It is huge bonus points when a teacher calls a parent for something good, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. So catch them doing the right thing before they do the wrong thing. Exactly. And, you know, and knowing your students also just it just really helps, you know, getting to know them. That spending a little bit of extra energy kind of observing, you know, who they are as people. Because mm-hmm. um, then you can put people in the right positions. Right. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Okay. Daisy, we hope that this helped you. Yes. And, you know, honestly, for anyone else out there, you know, continue to send in your questions. This is what we do this for. We want to help. Right. Um, And if, 
you know, this resonates with you, please drop some positive comments so that we know that we're also on the right track. Um, follow us at Ask the Teacher ABC podcast on Instagram. Um, you could email us at asktheteacherxyz at gmail.com. Right. I know that's a little confusing, <laughs> but thank you, Google. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Yes. Thanks for being here with us, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.